part two chapter eight of a raw youth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. a raw youth by fyodor dostoyevsky translated by constance garnet part two chapter eight one all that night i dreamed of roulette of play of gold and reckonings i seemed in my dreams to be calculating something at the gambling-table some stake some chance and it oppressed me all night like a nightmare to tell the truth the whole of the previous day in spite of all the startling impressions i had received i had been continually thinking of the money i had won at zerstchikoff's i suppressed the thought but i could not suppress the emotion it aroused and i quivered all over at the mere recollection of it that success had put me in a fever could it be that i was a gambler or at least to be more accurate that i had the qualities of a gambler even now at the time of writing this i still at moments like thinking about play it sometimes happens that i sit for hours together absorbed in silent calculations about gambling and in dreams of putting down my stake of the number turning up and of picking up my winnings yes i have all sorts of qualities and my nature is not a tranquil one at ten o'clock i intended to go to stebelkoff's and i meant to walk i sent matvey home as soon as he appeared while i was drinking my coffee i tried to think over the position for some reason i felt pleased a moment's self-analysis made me realize that i was chiefly pleased because i was going that day to the old prince's but that day was a momentous and startling one in my life and it began at once with a surprise at ten o'clock my door was flung wide open and tatiana pavlovna flew in there was nothing i expected less than a visit from her and i jumped up in alarm on seeing her her face was ferocious her manner was incoherent and i dare say if she had been asked she could not have said why she had hastened to me i may as well say at once that she had just received a piece of news that had completely overwhelmed her and she had not recovered from the first shock of it the news overwhelmed me too she stayed however only a half a minute or perhaps a minute but not more she simply pounced upon me so this is what you've been up to she said standing facing me and bending forward ah you young puppy what have you done what you don't even know goes on drinking his coffee oh you babbler you chatterbox oh you imitation lover boys like you are whipped 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 tatiana pavlovna what has happened what is the matter his mother you will know she shouted menacingly ran out of the room and was gone i should certainly have run after her but i was restrained by one thought and that was not a thought but a vague misgiving i had an inkling that of all her vituperation imitation lover was the most significant phrase of course i could not guess what it meant but i hastened out that i might finish with stebblecoff and go as soon as possible to nikolay ivanitch the key to it all is there i thought instinctively i can't imagine how he learned it but stebelkoff already knew all about anna andreyevna down to every detail 
i will not describe his conversation and his gestures but he was in a state of enthusiasm a perfect ecstasy of enthusiasm over this master-stroke she is a person yes she is a person he exclaimed yes that's not our way here we sit still and do nothing but as soon as she wants something of the best she takes it she's an antique statue she is an antique statue of minerva only she is walking about and wearing modern dress i asked him to come to business this business was as i had guessed solely to ask me to persuade and induce prince sergey to appeal to prince nikolay ivanitch for a loan or it will be a very very bad look out for him though it's none of my doing that's so isn't it he kept peeping into my face but i fancy did not detect that i knew anything more than the day before and indeed he could not have imagined it i need hardly say that i did not by word or hint betray that i knew anything about the forged documents our explanations did not take long he began at once promising me money and a considerable sum a considerable sum if only you will manage that the prince should go the matter is urgent very urgent and that's the chief point that the matter is so pressing i did not want to argue and wrangle with him as i had done the day before and i got up to go though to be on the safe side i flung him in reply that i would try but he suddenly amazed me beyond all expression i was on my way to the door when all at once he put his arm round my waist affectionately and began talking to me in the most incomprehensible way i will omit the details of the conversation that i may not be wearisome the upshot of it was that he made me a proposition that i should introduce him to m de gatcheff since you go there i instantly became quiet doing my utmost not to betray myself by the slightest gesture i answered at once however that i was quite a stranger there and though i had been in the house it was only on one occasion by chance but if you've been admitted once you might go a second time isn't that so i asked him point-blank and with great coolness why he wanted it and to this day i can't understand such a degree of simplicity in a man who was apparently no fool and who was a business man as vassin had said of him he explained to me quite openly that he suspected that something prohibited and sternly prohibited was going on at durgatchev's and so if i watch him i may very likely make something by it and with a grin he winked at me with his left eye i made no definite answer but pretended to be considering it and promised to think about it and with that i went hastily away the position was growing more complicated i flew to vassin and at once found him at home what you too he said enigmatically on seeing me without inquiring the significance of this phrase i went straight to the point and told him what had happened he was evidently impressed though he remained absolutely cool he cross-examined me minutely it may very well be that you misunderstood him no i quite understood him his meaning was quite clear in any case i am extremely grateful to you he added with sincerity yes indeed if that is so he imagined that you could not resist a certain sum of money and besides he knows my position i've been playing all this time and behaving badly vassin i've heard about that what puzzles me most of all is that he knows you go there constantly too i ventured to observe 
he knows perfectly well vasson answered quite simply that i don't go there with any object and indeed all those young people are simply chatterers nothing more you have reason to remember that as well as any one i fancy that he did not quite trust me in any case i am very much obliged to you i have heard that m stebelkoff's affairs are in rather a bad way i tried to question him once more i have heard anyway of certain shares what shares have you heard about i mentioned the shares on purpose but of course not with the idea of telling him the secret prince sergey had told me the day before i only wanted to drop a hint and see from his face from his eyes whether he knew anything about shares i attained my object from a momentary indefinable change in his face i guessed that he did perhaps know something in this matter too i did not answer his question what shares i was silent and it was worth noting that he did not pursue the subject either how's lizaveta makarovna he inquired with sympathetic interest she's quite well my sister's always thought very highly of you there was a gleam of pleasure in his eyes i had guessed long before that he was not indifferent to liza prince sergey petrovitch was here the other day he informed me suddenly when i cried just four days ago not yesterday no not yesterday he looked at me inquiringly later perhaps i may describe our meeting more fully but for the moment i feel i must warn you vasson said mysteriously that he struck me as being in an abnormal condition of mind and of brain indeed i had another visit however he added suddenly with a smile just before you came and i was driven to the same conclusion about that visitor too has prince sergey just been here no not prince sergey i'm not speaking of the prince just now andrei petrovitch versilov has just been here and you've heard nothing hasn't something happened to him perhaps something has but what passed between you exactly i asked hurriedly of course i ought to keep it secret we are talking rather queerly with too much reserve he smiled again andrei petrovitch however did not tell me to keep it secret but you are his son and as i know your feelings for him i believe i may be doing right to warn you only fancy he came to me to ask the question in case it should be necessary for him very shortly in a day or two to fight a duel would i consent to be his second i refused absolutely of course i was immensely astonished this piece of news was the most disturbing of all something was wrong something had turned up something had happened of which i knew nothing as yet i suddenly recalled in a flash how versilov had said to me the day before i shan't come to you but you'll come running to me i rushed off to prince nikolai ivanitch feeling more than ever that the key to the mystery lay there as he said good-bye vasson thanked me again two the old prince was sitting before an open fire with a rug wrapped round his legs he met me with an almost questioning air as though he were surprised that i had come yet almost every day he had sent messages inviting me he greeted me affectionately however but his answers to my first question sounded somewhat reluctant and were fearfully vague at times he seemed to deliberate and looked intently at me as though forgetting and trying to recall something which certainly ought to be connected with me i told him frankly that i had heard everything and was very glad 
a cordial and good-natured smile came into his face at once and his spirits rose his mistrust and caution vanished at once as though he had forgotten them and indeed he had of course my dear young friend i knew you would be the first to come and do you know i thought about you yesterday who will be pleased he will well no one else will indeed but that doesn't matter people are spiteful gossips but that's no great matter cher enfant this is so exalted and so charming but of course you know her well and anna andreevna has the highest opinion of you it's a grave and charming face out of an english keepsake it's the most charming english engraving possible two years ago i had a regular collection of such engravings i always had the intention always i only wonder why it was i never thought of it you always if i remember rightly distinguished anna andreevna and were fond of her my dear boy we don't want to hurt any one life with one's friends with one's relations with those dear to one's heart is paradise all the poets in short it has been well known from prehistoric times in the summer you know we are going to sodden and then to Bogastein. but what a long time it is since you've been to see me my dear boy what's been the matter with you i've been expecting you and how much how much has happened meanwhile hasn't it i'm only sorry that i am uneasy as soon as i am alone i feel uneasy that is why i must not be left alone must i that's as plain as twice to make four i understood that at once from her first word oh my dear boy she only spoke two words but it was something like a glorious poem but of course you are her brother almost her brother aren't you my dear boy it's not for nothing i'm so fond of you i swear i had a presentiment of all this i kissed her hand and wept he took out his handkerchief as though preparing to weep again he was violently agitated suffering i fancy from one of his nervous attacks and one of the worst i remember in the whole course of our acquaintance as a rule almost always in fact he was ever so much better and more good-humoured i would forgive everything my dear boy he babbled on i long to forgive every one and it's a long time since i was angry with any one art la poésie dans la vie philanthropy and she a biblical beauty quel charmant personne est les gens de salomon non ce n'est pas salomon c'est david qui mettait une jambelle dans son lit pour se chauffer dans sa vieillesse enfin david salomon all that keeps going round in my head a regular jumble everything cher enfant may be at the same time grand and ridiculous cette jambe belle de la vieillesse de david c'est tout un poème et paul de croc would have made of it a saint de bassinois and we should all have laughed paul de croc has neither taste nor sense of proportion though he is a writer of talent katerina nikolaevna smiles i said that we would not trouble any one we have begun our romance and only ask them to let us finish it maybe it is a dream but don't let them rob me of this dream how do you mean it's a dream prince a dream how a dream well let it be a dream but let me die with that dream oh why talk of dying prince you have to live now only to live 
why what did i say that's just what i keep saying i simply can't understand why life is so short to avoid being tedious no doubt for life too is the creator's work of art in a perfect and irreproachable form like a poem of pushkin's brevity is the first essential of true art but if any one is not bored he ought to be allowed to live longer tell me prince is it public property yet no my dear boy certainly not we have all agreed upon that it's private 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 so far i've only disclosed it fully to katerina nikolaevna because i felt i was being unfair to her oh katerina nikolaevna is an angel she is an angel yes 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 and you say yes why i thought that you were her enemy too ah by the way she asked me not to receive you any more and only fancy when you came in i quite forgot it what are you saying i cried jumping up why where my presentiment had not deceived me i had had a presentiment of something of this sort ever since tatiana's visit yesterday my dear boy yesterday i don't understand in fact how you got in for orders were given how did you come in i simply walked in the surest way if you had tried to creep in by stealth no doubt they would have caught you but as you simply walked in they let you pass simplicity cher enfant is in reality the deepest cunning i don't understand did you too decide not to receive me then no my dear boy i said i had nothing to do with it that is i gave my full consent and believe me my dear boy i am much too fond of you but katerina nikolaevna insisted so very strongly so there it is at that instant katerina nikolaevna appeared in the doorway she was dressed to go out and as usual came in to kiss her father seeing me she stopped short in confusion turned quickly and went out voila cried the old prince impressed and much disturbed it's a misunderstanding i cried one moment i i'll come back to you directly prince and i ran after katerina nikolaevna all that followed upon this happened so quickly that i had no time to reflect or even to consider in the least how to behave if i had had time to consider i should certainly have behaved differently but i lost my head like a small boy i was rushing towards her room but on the way a footman informed me that katerina nikolaevna had already gone downstairs and was getting into her carriage i rushed headlong down the front staircase katerina nikolaevna was descending the stairs in her fur coat and beside her or rather arm in arm with her walked a tall and severe-looking officer wearing a uniform and a sword followed by a footman carrying his greatcoat this was the baron who was a colonel of five-and-thirty a typical smart officer thin with rather too long a face ginger moustache and even eyelashes of the same colour though his face was quite ugly it had a resolute and defiant expression i describe him briefly as i saw him at that moment i had never seen him before i ran down the stairs after them without a hat or coat katerina nikolaevna was the first to notice me and she hurriedly whispered something to her companion he slightly turned his head and then made a sign to the footman and the hall-porter the footman took a step towards me at the front door but i pushed him away and rushed after them out on the steps buring was assisting katerina nikolaevna into the carriage katerina nikolaevna katerina nikolaevna i cried senselessly like a fool like a fool oh i remember it all i had no hat on 
buring turned savagely to the footman again and shouted something to him loudly one or two words i did not take them in i felt some one clutch me by the elbow at that moment the carriage began to move i shouted again and was rushing after the carriage i saw that katerina nikolaevna was peeping out of the carriage window and she seemed much perturbed but in my hasty movement i jostled against buring unconsciously and trod on his foot hurting him a good deal i fancy he uttered a faint cry clenched his teeth with a powerful hand grasped me by the shoulder and angrily pushed me away so that i was sent flying a couple of yards at that instant his greatcoat was handed him he put it on got into his sledge and once more shouted angrily to the footman and the porter pointing to me as he did so thereupon they seized me and held me one footman flung my greatcoat on me while a second handed me my hat and i don't remember what they said they said something and i stood and listened understanding nothing of it all at once i left them and ran away three seeing nothing and jostling against people as i went i ran till i reached tatiana pavlovna's flat it did not even occur to me to take a cab buring had pushed me away before her eyes i had to be sure stepped on his foot and he had thrust me away instinctively as a man who had trodden on his corn and perhaps i really had trodden on his corn but she had seen it and had seen me seized by the footman it had all happened before her before her when i had reached tatiana pavlovna's for the first minute i could say nothing and my lower jaw was trembling as though i were in a fever and indeed i was in a fever and what's more i was crying oh i had been so insulted what have they kicked you out serve you right serve you right said tatiana pavlovna i sank on the sofa without a word and looked at her what's the matter with him she said looking at me intently come drink some water drink a glass of water drink it up tell me what you've been up to there now i muttered that i'd been turned out and that buring had given me a push in the open street can you understand anything or are you still incapable come here read and admire it and taking a letter from the table she gave it to me and stood before me expectantly i at once recognized versilov's writing it consisted of a few lines it was a letter to katerina nikolaevna i shuddered and instantly comprehension came back to me in a rush the contents of this horrible atrocious grotesque and blackguardly letter were as follows word for word dear madam katerina nikolaevna depraved as you are in your nature and your arts i should have yet expected you to restrain your passions and not to try your wiles on children but you are not even ashamed to do that i beg to inform you that the letter you know of was certainly not burnt in a candle and never was in craft's possession so you won't score anything there so don't seduce a boy for nothing spare him he is hardly grown up almost a child undeveloped mentally and physically what use can you have for him i am interested in his welfare and so i have ventured to write to you though with little hope of attaining my object i have the honour to inform you that i have sent a copy of this letter to baron buring a versilov i turned white as i read then suddenly i flushed crimson and my lips quivered with indignation he writes that about me about what i told him the day before yesterday i cried in a fury so you did tell him cried tatiana pavlovna snatching the letter from me but i didn't say that i did not say that at all good god what can she think of me now but it's madness you know he's mad i saw him yesterday when was the letter sent 
it was sent yesterday early in the day it reached her in the evening and this morning she gave it me herself but i saw him yesterday myself he's mad versaloff was incapable of writing that it was written by a madman who could write like that to a woman that's just what such madmen do write in a fury when they are blind and deaf from jealousy and spite and their blood is turned to venom you did not know what he is like now they will pound him to a jelly he has thrust his head under the axe himself he'd better have gone at night to the nikolaevsky railway and have laid his head on the rail they'd have cut it off for him if he's weary of the weight of it what possessed you to tell him what induced you to tease him did you want to boast but what hatred what hatred i cried clapping my hand on my head and what for what for of a woman what has she done to him what can there have been between them that he can write a letter like that hatred tatiana pavlovna mimicked me with furious sarcasm the blood rushed to my face again all at once i seemed to grasp something new i gazed at her with searching inquiry get along with you she shrieked turning away from me quickly and waving me off i've had bother enough with you all i've had enough of it now you may all sink into the earth for all i care your mother is the only one i'm sorry for i ran of course to versaloff but what treachery what treachery for versaloff was not alone to explain the position beforehand after sending that letter to katerina nikolaevna the day before and actually dispatching a copy of it to baron Buring, god only knows why naturally he was bound to expect certain consequences of his action in the course of to-day and so had taken measures of a sort he had in the morning moved my mother upstairs to my coffin together with liza who as i learned afterwards had been taken ill when she got home and had gone to bed the other rooms especially the drawing-room had been scrubbed and tidied up with extra care and at two o'clock in the afternoon a certain baron r did in fact make his appearance he was a colonel a tall thin gentleman about forty a little bald of german origin with ginger-coloured hair like Buring's, and a look of great physical strength he was one of those baron r's of whom there are so many in the russian army all men of the highest baronial dignity entirely without means living on their pay and all zealous and conscientious officers i did not come in time for the beginning of their interview both were very much excited and they might well be versaloff was sitting on the sofa facing the table and the baron was in an armchair on one side versaloff was pale but he spoke with restraint dropping out his words one by one the baron raised his voice and was evidently given to violent gesticulation he restrained himself with an effort but he looked stern supercilious and even contemptuous though somewhat astonished seeing me he frowned but versaloff seemed almost relieved at my coming good morning baron this is the very young man mentioned in the letter and i assure you he will not be in your way and may indeed be of use the baron looked at me contemptuously my dear boy versaloff went on i am glad that you have come indeed so sit down in the corner please till the baron and i have finished don't be uneasy baron he will simply sit in the corner i did not care for i had made up my mind and besides all this impressed me i sat down in the corner without speaking as far back as i could and went on sitting there without stirring or blinking an eyelid till the interview was over i tell you again baron said versaloff rapping out his words resolutely that i consider katerina nikolaevna amakoff 
to whom i wrote that unworthy and insane letter not only the soul of honour but the acme of all perfection such a disavowal of your own words as i have observed to you already is equivalent to a repetition of the offence growled the baron your words are actually lacking in respect and yet it would be nearest the truth if you take them in their exact sense i suffer do you see from nervous attacks and nervous ailments and am in fact being treated for them and therefore it has happened in one such moment these explanations cannot be admitted i tell you for the third time that you are persistently mistaken perhaps purposely wish to be mistaken i have warned you from the very beginning that the whole question concerning that lady that is concerning your letter to madame amakoff must be entirely excluded from our explanation you keep going back to it baron buring begged and particularly charged me to make it plain that this matter concerns him only that is your insolence in sending him that copy and the postscript to it in which you write that you are ready to answer for it when and how he pleases but that i imagine is quite clear without explanation i understand i hear you do not even offer an apology but persist in asserting that you are ready to answer for it when and how he pleases but that would be getting off too cheaply and therefore i now in view of the turn which you obstinately will give to your explanation feel myself justified on my side in telling you the truth without ceremony that is i have come to the conclusion that it is utterly impossible for baron buring to meet you on an equal footing such a decision is no doubt advantageous for your friend baron buring and i must confess you have not surprised me in the least i was expecting it i note in parenthesis it was quite evident to me from the first word and the first glance that verslos was trying to lead up to this outburst that he was intentionally teasing and provoking this irascible baron and was trying to put him out of patience the baron bristled all over i have heard that you are able to be witty but being witty is very different from being clever an extremely profound observation colonel i did not ask for your approbation cried the baron i did not come to bandy words with you be so good as to listen baron buring was in doubt how to act when he received your letter because it was suggestive of a madhouse and of course means might be taken to suppress you however owing to certain special considerations your case was treated with indulgence and inquiries were made about you it turns out that though you have belonged to good society and did at one time serve in the guards you have been excluded from society and your reputation is dubious yet in spite of that i have come here to ascertain the facts personally and now to make things worse you don't scruple to play with words and inform me yourself that you are liable to nervous attacks it's enough baron buring's position and reputation are such that he cannot stoop to be mixed up in such an affair in short i am authorized sir to inform you that if a repetition or anything similar to your recent action should follow hereafter measures will promptly be found to bring you to your senses very quickly and very thoroughly i can assure you we are not living in the jungle but in a well-ordered state you are so certain of that my good baron confound you cried the baron suddenly getting up you tempt me to show you at once that i am not your good baron 
ach i must warn you once again said versaloff and he too stood up that my wife and daughter are not far off and so i must ask you not to speak so loud for your shouts may reach their ears your wife the devil i am sitting here talking to you solely in order to get to the bottom of this disgusting business the baron continued as wrathfully as before not dropping his voice in the least enough he roared furiously you are not only excluded from the society of decent people but you're a maniac a regular raving maniac and such you've been proved to be you do not deserve indulgence and i can tell you that this very day measures will be taken in regard to you and you will be placed where they will know how to restore you to sanity and will remove you from the town he marched with rapid strides out of the room versaloff did not accompany him to the door he stood gazing at me absent-mindedly as though he did not see me all at once he smiled tossed back his hair and taking his hat he too made for the door i clutched at his hand ah yes you are here too you heard he said stopping short before me how could you do it how could you distort disgrace with such treachery he looked at me intently his smile broadened and broadened till it passed into actual laughter why i've been disgraced before her before her they laughed at me before her eyes and he and he pushed me away i cried beside myself really ah poor boy i am sorry for you so they laughed at you did they you are laughing yourself you are laughing at me it amuses you he quickly pulled his hand away put on his hat and laughing laughing aloud went out of the flat what was the use of running after him i understood and i had lost everything in one instant all at once i saw my mother she had come downstairs and was timidly looking about her has he gone away i put my arms around her without a word and she held me tight in hers mother my own surely you can't stay let us go at once i will shelter you i will work for you like a slave for you and for liza leave them all all and let us go away let us be alone mother do you remember how you came to me at two shards and i would not recognize you i remember my own i have been bad to you all your life you were my own child and i was a stranger to you that was his fault mother it was all his fault he has never loved us yes yes he did love us let us go mother how could i go away from him do you suppose he is happy where's liza she's lying down she felt ill when she came in i'm frightened why are they so angry with him what will they do to him now where's he gone what was that officer threatening nothing will happen to him mother nothing does happen to him or ever can happen to him he's that sort of man here's tatiana pavlovna ask her if you don't believe me here she is tatiana pavlovna came quickly into the room good-bye mother i will come to you directly and when i come i shall ask you the same thing again i ran away i could not bear to see any one let alone tatiana pavlovna even mother distressed me i wanted to be alone alone five but before i had crossed the street i felt that i could hardly walk and i jostled aimlessly heedlessly against the passers-by feeling listless and adrift but what could i do with myself what use am i to any one and what use is anything to me now mechanically i trudged to prince sergey's though i was not thinking of him at all he was not at home i told piotr his man that i would wait in his study as i had done many times before his study was a large one a very high room cumbered up with furniture i crept into the darkest corner sat down on the sofa and putting my elbows on the table rested my head in my hands yes that was the question what was of any use to me now 
if i was able to formulate that question then i was totally unable to answer it but i could not myself answer the question or think about it rationally i have mentioned already that towards the end of those days i was overwhelmed by the rush of events i sat now and everything was whirling round like chaos in my mind yes i had failed to see all that was in him and did not understand him at all was the thought that glimmered dimly in my mind at moments he laughed in my face just now that was not at me it was all buring then not me the day before yesterday he knew everything and he was gloomy he pounced on my stupid confession in the restaurant and distorted it regardless of the truth but what did he care for the truth he did not believe a syllable of what he wrote to her all he wanted was to insult her to insult her senselessly without knowing what for he was looking out for a pretext and i gave him the pretext he behaved like a mad dog does he want to kill buring now what for his heart knows what for and i know nothing of what's in his heart no no i don't know even now can it be that he loves her with such passion or does he hate her to such a pitch of passion i don't know but does he know himself why did i tell mother that nothing could happen to him what did i mean to say by that have i lost him or haven't i she saw how i was pushed away did she laugh too or not i should have laughed they were beating a spy a spy what does it mean suddenly flashed on my mind what does it mean that in that loathsome letter he puts in that the document has not been burnt but is in existence he is not killing buring but is sitting at this moment no doubt in the restaurant listening to lucia and perhaps after lucia he will go and kill buring buring pushed me away almost struck me did he strike me and buring disdains to fight even versilov so would he be likely to fight with me perhaps i ought to kill him to-morrow with a revolver waiting for him in the street i let that thought flip through my mind quite mechanically without being brought to a pause by it at moments i seemed to dream that the door would open all at once that katerina nikolaevna would come in would give me her hand and we should both burst out laughing oh my student my dear one i had a vision of this or rather an intense longing for it as soon as it got dark it was not long ago i had been standing before her saying good-bye to her and she had given me her hand and laughed how could it have happened that in such a short time we were so completely separated simply to go to her and to explain everything this minute simply simply good heavens how was it that an utterly new world had begun for me so suddenly yes a new world utterly utterly new and liza and prince sergey that was all old here i was now at prince sergey's and mother how could she go on living with him if it was like this i could i can do anything but she what will be now and the figures of liza anna andreevna stebelkov prince sergey averdov kept disconnectedly whirling round in my sick brain but my thoughts became more and more formless and elusive i was glad when i succeeded in thinking of something and clutching at it i have my idea i thought suddenly but have i don't i repeat that from habit my idea was the fruit of darkness and solitude and is it possible to creep back into the old darkness oh my god i never burnt that letter i actually forgot to burn it the day before yesterday i will go back and burn it in a candle in a candle of course only i don't know if i am thinking properly it had long been dark and piotra brought candles he stood over me and asked whether i had had supper i simply motioned him away an hour later however he brought me some tea and i greedily drank a large cupful then i asked what time it was it was half-past eight and i felt no surprise to find i had been sitting there five hours 
i have been in to you three times already said piotr but i think you were asleep i did not remember his coming in i don't know why but i felt all at once horribly scared to think i had been asleep i got up and walked about the room that i might not go to sleep again at last my head began to ache violently at ten o'clock prince sergey came in and i was surprised that i had been waiting for him i had completely forgotten him completely you were here and i have been round to you to fetch you he said to me his face looked gloomy and severe and there was not a trace of a smile there was a fixed idea in his eyes i have been doing my very utmost all day and straining every nerve he said with concentrated intensity everything has failed and nothing in the future but horror note well he had not been to prince nikolay ivanitch's i have seen zibielski he is an impossible person you see to begin with we must get the money then we shall see and if we don't succeed with the money then we shall see i have made up my mind not to think about that if only we get hold of the money to-day to-morrow we shall see everything the three thousand you want is still untouched every farthing of it it's three thousand all except three roubles after paying back what i lent you there is three hundred and forty roubles change for you take it another seven hundred as well to make up a thousand and i will take the other two thousand then let us both go to zertchikov and try at opposite ends of the table to win ten thousand perhaps we shall do something if we don't win it then this is the only way left anyhow he looked at me with a fateful smile yes yes i cried suddenly as though coming to life again let us go i was only waiting for you i may remark that i had never once thought of roulette during those hours but the baseness the degradation of the action prince sergey asked suddenly our going to roulette why that's everything i cried money's everything why you and i are the only saints while buring has sold himself anna andreevna's sold herself and versilov have you heard that versilov's a maniac a maniac a maniac are you quite well arkady makarovitch your eyes are somehow strange you say that because you want to go without me but i shall stick to you now it's not for nothing i've been dreaming of play all night let us go let us go i kept exclaiming as though i had found the solution to everything well let us go though you're in a fever and there he did not finish his face looked heavy and terrible we were just going out when he stopped in the doorway do you know he said suddenly that there is another way out of my trouble besides play what way a princely way what's that what's that you'll know what afterwards only let me tell you i'm not worthy of it because i have delayed too long let us go but you remember my words we'll try the lackey's way and do you suppose i don't know that i am consciously of my own free will behaving like a lackey six i flew to the roulette table as though in it were concentrated all hopes of my salvation all means of escape and yet as i have mentioned already i had not once thought of it before prince sergey's arrival moreover i was going to gamble not for myself but for prince sergey and with his money i can't explain what was the attraction but it was an irresistible attraction oh never had those people those faces those croupiers with their monotonous shouts all the details of the squalid gambling saloon seemed so revolting to me so depressing so coarse and so melancholy as that evening i remember well the sadness and misery that gripped my heart at times during those hours at the gambling table but why didn't i go away why did i endure and as it were accept this faith this sacrifice this devotion i will only say one thing i can hardly say of myself that i was then in my right senses yet at the same time i had never played so prudently as that evening 
i was silent and concentrated attentive and extremely calculating i was patient and niggardly and at the same time resolute at critical moments i established myself again at the zero end of the table that is between zertchikoff and afridoff who always sat on the former's right hand the place was distasteful to me but i had an overwhelming desire to stake on zero and all the other places at that end were taken we had been playing over an hour at last from my place i saw prince sergey get up from his seat and with a pale face move across to us and remain facing me the other side of the table he had lost all he had and watched my play in silence though he probably did not follow it and had ceased to think of play at that moment i just began winning and zertchikoff was counting me out what i had won suddenly without a word afridoff with the utmost effrontery took one of my hundred rouble notes before my very eyes and added it to the pile of money lying before him i cried out and caught hold of his hand then something quite unexpected happened to me it was as though i had broken some chain that restrained me as though all the affronts and insults of that day were concentrated in that moment in the loss of that hundred rouble note it was as though everything that had been accumulating and suppressed within me had only been waiting for that moment to break out he's a thief he has just stolen my hundred roubles i exclaimed looking round beside myself i won't describe the hubbub that followed such a scandal was a novelty there at zertchikoff's people behaved with propriety and his saloon was famous for it but i did not know what i was doing zertchikoff's voice was suddenly heard in the midst of the clamour and din but the money's not here and it was lying here four hundred roubles another scene followed at once the money in the bank had disappeared under zertchikoff's very nose a roll of four hundred roubles zertchikoff pointed to the spot where the notes had only that minute been lying and that spot turned out to be close to me next to the spot where my money was lying much closer to me than to afridoff the thief is here he has stolen it again search him i cried pointing to afridoff this is what comes of letting in all sorts of people thundered an impressive voice in the midst of the general uproar persons have been admitted without introduction who brought him in who is he a fellow called dolgoruki prince sokolsky brought him cried someone listen prince i yelled to him across the table in a frenzy they think i'm a thief when i've just been robbed myself tell them about me tell them about me and then there followed something worse than all that had happened that day worse than anything that had happened in my life prince sergey disowned me i saw him shrug his shoulders and heard him in answer to a stream of questions pronounced sharply and distinctly i'm not responsible for any one please leave me alone meanwhile afridoff stood in the middle of the crowd loudly demanding that he should be searched he kept turning out his own pockets but his demands were met by shouts of no no we know the thief two footmen were summoned and they seized me by my arms from behind i won't let myself be searched i won't allow it i shouted pulling myself away but they dragged me into the next room there in the midst of the crowd they searched me to the last fold of my garments i screamed and struggled he must have thrown it away you must look on the floor some one decided where can we look on the floor now under the table he must have somehow managed to throw it away of course there's no trace i was let out but i succeeded in stopping in the doorway and with senseless ferocity i shouted to be heard by the whole saloon roulette is prohibited by the police i shall inform against you all to-day i was led downstairs my hat and coat were put on me and the door into the street was flung open before me End of part two chapter eight